Hello everyone, welcome to episode 1017 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Powell. Cold Wave 10 is the biggest show yet, taking place September 22nd through the 25th at Metro, Smart Bar, Riviera Theater, and La Nocturne. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for Darkest Before Dawn, a nonprofit providing resources and support for workers in the nightlife industry. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week, we are chatting with Friday Metro performers Cortland and Laney. This is Spike Ellis. Thank you. 
been going out with Elaine for like four months Mm -hmm. and I'd been I'd been playing music and other projects and um I was going to jam with one of her friends and that friend had kind of forced her to come to practice and um forced being the keyword (laughs) yeah yeah I never I never asked her to be in a band but she kind of discovered it and turned into something that she could like and it's an outlet so We've been running with it ever since. Yeah, because we'd originally met at one of his shows that he was playing with High Functioning Flesh, and it was under the same, an iteration of the same name. And so when we joined together, we kind of put our own twist to it and kind of brought the project back to life because it kind of been dormant for a while. Mm -hmm. It seemed like the, the last few years have been really just strange for everyone so it, it seemed like an, an interesting time to form a band when the when the world is so insane yeah it's the worst time ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah we didn't quite know what we were getting ourselves into and as things started just unraveling we were just kind of like oh fuck now what i guess we just keep our heads down and work on new music and then now it's kind of worked out for us we've got our first album out and reception has been pretty positive and so we're just going to roll with it and try to keep touring and playing shows and I mean it's interesting with the pandemic I guess now in a post-pandemic world touring now I mean I've never been on tour before the pandemic hit this is like my first time with any music project at all so I don't know what it was like before this and so it's just kind of taking everything as it comes let's talk a little bit about your first ep uh crisis talk so you put that out about two years ago Mm -hmm. and it starts off with feed which to me sounds like it deals with pregnancy (laughs) (laughs) and i would say that pregnancy seems to be a very 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 major issue now in the country after uh you know the the supreme court ruling so did you have a a a sense that this would blow up or is it just you know this this is a common thing that you know people have to deal with when we wrote that i mean it was it was kind of um i don't know it was an interesting time because like nothing had really happened yet it was we wrote that like november 
before the pandemic 2019. hit. 2019. Yeah. yeah. So we're like writing all these like post-apocalyptic sounding anthems and then all of a sudden the stuff that we're writing about is coming to fruition fruition. are you concerned at all that you are causing these things to happen and maybe you should write about like world peace and ending hunger (laughs) i mean that's kind of what we did with the album is like it was like okay we're we're getting a little too powerful here with our with our (laughs) topics let's write about something about optimistic yeah so the other track rook to me sounds like a a bad case of road rage if you're in la i think i understand that sentiment but again if that's the next major issue to you know blow up i'm a little concerned i really hope not because it's quite plausible where we're at right now it seemed like after the pandemic everyone became more angry on the road just in general so yeah less tolerant overall maybe myself included so then you put out yourself titled earlier this year. I, I'm always interested when you're when you're deciding what what to call the album, at what point did you say we should just leave this self-titled and not just a track that's on the album or 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 something really long like Fiona Apple would do? Like what what tell me the the mindset behind that? There was not too much discussion leading up to it. I mean, we talked about it and there were some ideas flying around. And then I, I just, I think it was more so something where this album, I mean, with crisis talk, it felt very much like a wider scale of topical things just to do with the world and the state of the world. And then we went into writing this full length with more of a mindset to hone in on our own personal experiences and things that we've gone through. And so it felt more personal to us. So it just sort of naturally made sense to make it self-titled. And it's also like, it's our debut full length album. And so I think for a multitude of reasons, it just made sense. Do you promise not to make a future album self-titled so that people will have to refer to it by the cover art or by the year it came out? Because I feel like once once you do a self-titled, that's it. You can't do it again. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah, this is it. This is the only self-titled. I mean, we I do like to break rules, so maybe we'll just every subsequent release will just be self-titled and everyone will be confused. I have no idea when we'll have time to. It'll even... be pandemonium get around to working on new music true (laughs) we've been touring a lot i saw that there is special thanks to your therapist on your release tell me a little bit about that because that's i don't think the people's therapists get get a shout out in the liner the liner notes too much (laughs) (laughs) our therapist was so crucial to the whole pandemic experience just being in lockdown um we're dealing with like some interpersonal stuff with the not between the two of us but I mean naturally when you're under lockdown there is going to be conflict between the person that you're living in a small studio apartment with but you know I think it was a weird time um let's approach this a different way (laughs) um we were trying to develop new communication skills and um us going headstrong into a pandemic it was it was super crucial that we learn how to talk and say what we really mean um so yeah we owe we owe a lot to sherry and and like the hours that we spent um 
getting through stuff with her. I saw you put out a few lyric videos and and the aesthetic is these low res graphics very like mid to late 80s style to me tell me about the the idea behind that and the influences there you know we just kind of came up with stuff on our own um we haven't really collabed or worked with other people so we got our own um like mini uh it's a, a vhsc yeah compact vhs camera camcorder <laughs> and we've um, just been shooting our own stuff, just making something out of nothing. Yeah. So, like, we rely heavily on cell phone apps and just kind of figuring out how to do things ourselves and with very little resource. And I think that's kind of worked out in our favor. It's kind of become, like, our own little brand or aesthetic, however you want to put it. Yeah, I was going to say that aesthetic sort of, flows into the website which also sort of reminds me of you know commodore 64 like early windows 3.1 bulletin board type site so is that is there is there a nostalgia in there definitely um i think it's a mixture of like nostalgia and also like looking into the future um obviously our music is very reminiscent of like we pay homage to a lot of things of the past and I mean, I grew up on spending all of my time on like GeoCities and Angel Fire and like learning how to, like Neopets taught me how to code pretty much. Um, Neopets is like a really weird, like niche era, I feel like on the internet where like you'd have these like virtual pets and whatever. And uh, there were little like elements of the website where you would have to learn how to code to make your storefront or your guild or whatever it was that you were doing in that world look cool yeah I don't know I like grew up really not doing too much in terms of like I was like really sheltered so I kind of just immersed myself into the internet and that's kind of where our website 
comes from. It's just like very basic. The code on it is probably terrible. Like if you actually looked at it, it's probably really buggy and broken. That makes it more authentic than some fake sense of like retro. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And actually like somebody reached out to us the other day. Someone emailed us and was like, hey, I I noticed, um, you know, you might want a website redesign or something. Feel free to reach out to me. And I was like, oh, we're fine. Like we, it's shitty on purpose. (laughs) So you mentioned this a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about touring. So you toured Earlier this year with um, fellow Cold Waves performers, Adult and Contraboid. And since you said that was really your first time out, tell me tell me how that went. Oh, my gosh. I think the reality of it surpassed all expectation in a in a great way. Of course, like touring is grueling and exhausting and um, but at the same time, so worth it. It's rewarding, I would say. A large portion of what made us want to go out on tour is who we're opening for, you know, like adult and Contravoid have been at work for a long, long time. And like they've in some ways they've paved the way for us. So for us to be able to like go out and support them is like a no brainer for us. Mm -hmm. I keep telling people that it was such a wholesome tour. Everybody got along so well. And like, I think all of us not really having I mean, it was our first time meeting uh, Adam and Nicola from adult. And so going into it, none of us really knew what to expect, you know, how we would mesh with one another, but it ended up being extremely cohesive. And I think we definitely feels more like family now. Yeah. By the end of it, we all felt like family. So may have a, a little something later on to announce this year with them, but we'll see. A little tease. Nice. Yeah, I, I've never heard anyone say anything but nice things about them. I, I think you could tell that the bands in the scene that people really enjoy hanging out with or touring with and, and the ones that, that not so much. So glad glad you guys were able to, to spend some good time with them. We actually like wrapped up that tour in their hometown of Detroit. We played our own show in Toronto and then went back to their house the next day and stayed for like four or five days. So it was like, it was pretty it was really special. But... Yeah, we felt like family by the end of it. So you guys have a, another tour coming up in the fall? Yeah, we're we're supporting uh, Soft, Kill. Soft Kill and Portrayal of Guilt after Cold Waves. Pretty much immediately after the LA date, we leave. So and we're, we're going to be doing like a, a completely separate set. So we've got like two different sets right now, depending on like what kind of show we're playing, because we can mm-hmm. go either like more of like a Solely EBM electronic. electronic yeah, we can go an electronic route or more of like guitar, like hardcore route. Stamina.
On this episode, you heard Mouth, Crisis, and Cause of Death. Spike Hellis can be found at spikehellis.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for the final episode next week as we chat with Cold Cave. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Jackie Freitag sharing one of her memories. So in 1998, DJ AccuCrack was playing with Curve at the Middle East in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which was super exciting to me. I had randomly stumbled upon Acumen as a band like two or three years earlier as a college student. Someone in my dorm had a song on a mixtape and I just, I just loved it. I had been following them online, checking their website to see if they were ever going to play a show anywhere near us. And after a couple of years, this tour came up, which felt like a super big deal to me. I was deep into my fandom at this point. So we go early to the show, we stand right up front, and it was it was awesome. And after the show, we casually sauntered over to the merch table. And I was really shy. I didn't want to say anything. So I made my husband, Eric, start some small talk, and he tapped Jamie on the shoulder and said something along the lines of, you know, that was a great show, we're fans, any chance Acumen will come out and play out this way? And Jamie kind of stepped back and looked at us and said, you mean you've heard of us? I can still hear it. I don't know if he was trying to be funny or if he was being serious or a little bit of both, but it was great. And they were really nice to us. And he and Jason signed a poster, which I still have hanging in our basement with all our concert stuff. I did finally get to see Acumen play in Massachusetts. It was like 10 years later.